If you'd just like to open them to, I'm sure, very familiar portions of scripture to you. Revelation chapter 3. We've got to start verse 14 with the Laodicean church. We'll just read it to start with to the end of the chapter. And it says, Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither hot nor cold. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou saidest, I am rich and increased with goods, and I have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich. And white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed. And that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eye slab that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. Behold, I stand and knock. Sorry, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. And will sop with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Even as I also overcame. And am sat down with my father in his throne. He that ever have an ear. Let him hear what the spirits say on to the churches. Let us just bow in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for that precious, precious spirit that moves in the midst of your people. We thank you, Lord, for the darling of heaven, our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for that precious, precious blood. We thank you, Lord, for that cruel cross. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you went all the way. You didn't stop, Lord, but you went all the way to pay our ransom. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you. I just pray, Lord, that if anything, Lord, that your name is exalted in this time that we are in here together. Yes. Lord, that people see Christ and nothing else. Lord, it is all about you. Lord, it is about what you've done. Lord, we can never claim anything. The only thing we can claim is you. Our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for that great love that showed us a path, Lord, that we didn't understand when we were in darkness. We thank you for that great light that rescued us out of that darkness. Lord, we thank you 
that you opened our eyes. Heavenly Father, I just pray, Lord, this evening that you would have your way. Lord, and that you, Lord, would touch our minds and our hearts and our bodies. Lord, as we close ourselves in with your beautiful self this evening. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Before we even look at this, it was a thought or even an image come to mind even as I was looking at some of the scriptures as we was, or thinking of the scriptures, should I say, as we were singing. <clears throat> when the Lord walked the earth, I mean, how many times would he have spoke and, and would he have preached? And there right in front of people would have been the Saviour, speaking the very words of life. I was thinking, how many times would have people stood there and maybe listened for a while and then just turned away? The very Lord, our very God, manifest in flesh. And I just thought to myself, what an opportunity was missed. They couldn't see who he was. And you know when I look at this, and this is the day and age we live in, I mean I'm sure you're all aware of the very background of these letters, that there were seven literal churches, but they also represent the church ages. And the Laodicean church is, is, is the last age before the Lord comes. <clears throat> and we know also that it represents the Western church. You, I mean you couldn't apply this to a to a church in, in Syria or somewhere like that where they're under heavy persecution. You know, it's the Western. It's referring to us. And I just think to myself, what an opportunity the church has now. And when we look at this and it says about Laodicea or it means ruled by the laity or mob rule. And how much are we seeing that? Not just in the church but in the world as well because when you say something that's true of not everybody being shouted down by the mob if you say something that goes against the flow of whatever the way the world's going you're always shouted down and then you're called bigot and then you're called racist and then you're called whatever they come out with and that is what's happening as well because it's starting to filter into the church Whenever you start to hear preachers start to preach on the truth and they start to be called out and they start to be hackled and you've got to see this more and more. But I tell you something, in all this that we are seeing, there is such an opportunity for the church to rise from the ashes because that's where we're in. That's what place we're in now. And you see, when you see this, the Laodicean church, and you see the first title here is the Amen. And you know it's amazing, that little word, Amen, because I looked into it a wee bit. And you see over every other language, you pronounce it Amen. It doesn't change. 
And it's amazing, the Lord calls himself the Amen. And it's the unchanging one. Just as that doesn't change, he doesn't change. And you see, this is the big thing we've lapsed into now. You see, we're looking at this church, or we're looking at this church age and what we're in. And it says, Laodicea in church, oh, we've got to be lukewarm, we've got to be this, we've got to be that. Well, I'll tell you something. My Bible tells me that we live in the Laodicean age. But it doesn't say we have to be a Laodicean church. Nothing does. In fact, when you start to read through this, and we'll get to this eventually in God's will, you'll see that the Laodicean church has one of the greatest promises, as far as I'm concerned, out of all the other churches. See, it's been blessed overly and abundantly. There's all these things thrown on it. But you see what the enemy does, he changed tack in this last age. Especially to do with the Western church. Because now there's, there's a richness started to come in. There's a comfort started to come in. And you see the thing is when we start to reach for the things of God. Then things start to become a bit uncomfortable. The heat starts to be turned up so to speak. And we don't always like it. And that's when we go... You know what, Lord, that's a bit that's a bit too much there. It's kind of a bit hot in the oven now, you know what I mean? But this is why he's writing this to us. Because he says in his next phrase, I am the faithful and true witness. So where else are you going to go? Where else are you going to get a faithful and true witness that has told you the truth, that has told you what's going to happen, that has told you it's certainly not going to be easy for you, but he says, hang on a minute. See this world. It's got to be nothing compared to what I've got for you. Amen. You see, the service of the Lord is important in a Christian's life. And it's never been more important than in this day and age that we live in right now. Because I'll tell you why. There's such a darkness coming to the nations. It is incredible when you look at it. It's frightening, in fact. But you know the greatest thing is, and this is what you really need to get, and this is what the church, I believe, has minded on terribly over this age. And this is what verse that the Lord gave me, and I've quoted it time and time again, and I quote it to myself. It's Christ, the hope of glory that is in you. Anything this world throws at you, you can deal with it. Why? Because you're not dealing with it. He is. Because he's in you. And even now, whatever's happening in this world, it doesn't matter how dark it gets out of them doors. The light that we have in here, in each and every one of you, is going to be so much brighter. And that's what you have to remember. Every footstep you will take will be in complete and utter victory because Christ is in you. Christ is in you. And we're living in this backslidden age. So it says, I know thy works. Verse 15. That thou would neither hot, uh, cold nor hot. And I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now you know there's something there. There's a real honesty 
in that scripture to us. It's the Lord saying to us, you know, don't be a hypocrite. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, I'd have more respect on you if you just turn around and say, you know what, well, that's enough for me. Than to try and put the mask on. He says, either be red hot for me or be, or be cold. Don't be in the middle. And this is something we all struggle with. We all struggle with it. I mean, there's some days, I tell you, if I went off my feelings, I tell you, there's some days I'll wake up and sure I, I'm sure I, I wouldn't be saved. I mean that. Because I don't feel it. But you know what? It does not go on my feelings. I know the Lord has me every single day. I know he's in here and I know he's moving in me. And the thing is, for us to be hot, the worst thing we can do, and this is what the church has done. I'm not saying this church, I'm talking in general now. This is what the church has done. We have had a look at the past. And we have seen what the moving of the churches have done and thought, well, that's been great. That's been fantastic, that has. But you know, for so long, we have seen a lukewarmness in a church. We just think, well, you know what now? That's the norm. And we're just going to settle for it. Well, I'm here to tell you, brother and sister, it's not the norm. And we should not be settling for what we have right now. We can't afford to. We can't afford to. The Lord has given us the word, no matter what it is. Whether it be healing, whether it be walking in the spirit, it's all for us and we can have it, but it's whether we're going to push on for it. It's whether we're going to decide that we're going to be red hot for God or whether we're going to say, right, we're just walking the lukewarmness a bit there. Depends what we want. Because in 2 Timothy 3 and 5 it says this, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such Turn away. That's exactly what's happening. This lukewarmness, this coldness, we're all there, yes, well, the Lord does this, Lord, but he just doesn't do it today. What a load of nonsense. Then how can he be the unchanging one? Of course he does it today. But the thing is, we've just settled for second best. And you know what? When the Lord wrote this word, he said to us, this is what you should attain to. My life, look at what I did. Now son, go out there. Now daughter, go out there and try your very best. Because that's what you should be doing. That's what we should be doing. You know what makes the difference? I remember when I was younger and I used to look through history books. And my dad was in the army and they used to have all these books on military history. And I didn't have any colouring books so I used to use them. And he used to go up the wall. Anyway... That's a different story. <laughs> Come sit down for a while. Let's put it like that. Anyway. <clears throat> but I remember they had photographs of all these great generals in it. And there was always one thing that it said, set the great ones apart from the mediocre ones. The great ones would not quit. Yeah. It didn't matter what the odds were. It didn't matter how bad things looked. They would not stop. They kept going forward. And you see whenever we look at whether the likes of Paul. We look at any of the disciples. Whether it's Peter. Did they slip up? Of course they did. Were they perfect? No they weren't. But you know what? They didn't stop. 
every single time they dusted themselves off, right, we'll go again. Right, we'll go again. That's the difference between lukewarmness and being hot or being cold. Notice this, verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Boy. And knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. He says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Do you know what that gold is? Tried in the fire. Do you know what that is? It's amazing. You see, when you go through the fires, you see when you're starting to build up faith, and you have to go through these fiery trials. But you see something when it talks about this, and it talks about like a purifying fire. And this is something that what will happen is this, this gold will be, will be heated and it will be reheated and it will be moulded. And, and each time, you know, when you get the, 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 the goldsmith, when he's doing this and he's heating these fires up so hot, he starts to see the impurities come to the top. And then he starts to get this, this, this ladle and he starts to take them off. But you know how he knows when it's at its purest, the, the metal? Is when he can see his face in it. And so when the, when the Lord says about this gold. This is what it is. It's to keep going through the fire. It's to keep going even when things are at the worst. Because this is the Lord. He's molding something in you. He's making something in you. He's making something that's pure in you. Because then you know that you can trust him. Because you see the greatest thing that we can have is a relationship with Christ. And that's where it develops. Now don't get me wrong. It says if like faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And don't get me wrong. That's what happens. You see when we start to develop relationship. That's when you start going through things. And you say Lord hang on a minute. This is tough. And the Lord's are saying, you just keep going. Even when you don't even know what's going to happen in front of you, but you know the Lord wants you to keep going on that path. That's when you start building relationship with Christ. White raiment, that's righteousness. And a lot of people think they can attain their own righteousness. And let me tell you, brother and sister, you can't. The only righteousness you can ever have is Jesus Christ's righteousness. And that's by accepting him. There's only one way. One way. And that will always be his way. White raiment that thou mayest be clothed. And that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eye slabs that thou mayest see. You see the eye slab. It's beautiful when you think about it. So we have Christ's righteousness that we cannot attain, but we can only attain by accepting him, by accepting what he's done. Remember he says he is the way, the truth and the life. There is only one way, and that is Jesus Christ. There was only one way, it was the cross. And you even see this 
as he was praying in Gethsemane and you even seen all the sin that was poured out on him. There was one way it was going to happen. That was through the cross. And that's why it's so, so important. The cross of Christ, what he has done. You can't turn away from that. You can't turn away from that. But then when you get this anointing to anoint the eyes with Islam, this is the spirit of God moving upon a church, moving upon a person to open their eyes, their spiritual eyes to who he is. You see, we have so much about revival this, revival that. And I don't tend to use the word revival much. I prefer more awakening. I think it's more biblical. Maybe that's just me being a bit legalistic. But you see, when I see this though, you see if the church wants, we use revival, but you see if the church wants a revival, it's got to come one way. And that's by the revelation of Jesus Christ. No other way. I don't care what people say. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the revelation of who he is. And it's the revelation of where he is. And that's in you. That's the only way it's ever got to come. Because trust me, when you look back, whether it's at the Pentecostal movement, whether it was the start of it or anything else, that is the main gist what they got was the revelation of Christ. That's what it was. And that is what is anointing your eyes. It's opening their eyes. It's not throwing the spirit out somewhere. But it's, expect, it's accepting what is in this book to be true. But the, you see, brother and sister, there's a lot of things in, these book, in this book that we don't accept that it's truth. And I'm just being honest with us. We look at it, we read it. You know, a lot of times when we read something, I've just got to be honest with you. We may read, like, let's say Jesus is with the disciples and he's gone and he's laid his hands on somebody and he's healed somebody. You know, a lot of times, most people will put themselves in the position of the person that's sick when you read it. Because you always do, whether you like it or not, you put yourself in a position somewhere. Maybe if you get some people that are a bit further along, they'll put themselves as maybe even one of the disciples in the background somewhere. You know the position we have. The one laying the hands on. That's what it should be. And you see, we don't do that. But I'm not saying that in arrogance. And I'm not saying that. But that's where the Lord has put us. Because he's put, he's in us. And that's what we've got to get out, out of here and into us. So we have that life flowing through us. So we can pass it on to other people. Because let's face it. like I'm all for the moving in the spirit. And I'm all for the baptism in the spirit. And speaking in tongues and everything else. But you see when I see these conventions. And there's thousands and thousands of people there. And it says they were filled with the spirit. And let's say it was in America somewhere. And they're, they're in Georgia. And they had a great time. And there's all this big conference. And I used to think why has the state of Georgia then not been turned on its head? If there's all them people that are baptised with the Holy Spirit, nothing changes. What the heck's going on? That's where we have to be different. 
That's why I'm saying, and this lady seeing church, brother and sister, we've got an opportunity. And a lot of times it's stepping out. It's stepping out and saying, Lord, you know what? I'm going to step out in you because I know you're going to back me up. Look at this, it's beautiful. Verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. Isn't that amazing? Even in the state we're in now, the Lord and his loveliness and his beautifulness, just that great love is still calling us. There's time. Brother, sister, there's time. He's saying, just come. I'll fill you. Just turn around. Repent means to turn around from. Just turn it around. And I'll come and do a new work in you. Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to fill each and every one of you like you've never been filled before. He wants to move through each and every one of you like never been moved before. And you know what? Each and every one of us has access to Jesus Christ. It's not a man in a pulpit. It's nothing to do with that. It's to do with you. It's to do with your relationship to him, with him. It's to do with your walk with him. He's calling you this evening. Verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man heareth my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. What a beautiful fellowship. We can have with Christ. Are you ever going to get to a place where you think I've exhausted Christ? No, you're not. You can never get to that place. But you know what? We have to start getting to the place where, Lord, we want more of you. Because know what he said? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Not kick the door in. He's going to knock. You have to say, Lord, I'm open to what you want to do. You have to let him in. You have to greet him in. And he will come and start to move in your life. Now look at this, what I said about the promise. Verse 21, look at the promise with me. To him that overcometh. Overcometh what? We're overcoming what the church is becoming this last day and age. We're overcoming this sit back. We're overcoming this, well you know what? We're all right where we are. That's what we've got to overcome. We've got to overcome that and we've got to get a boldness and start striving in what the Lord wants us to strive into. That's what we have to overcome. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame. And listen to this. And I'm sat down with my father in his throne. So he's got to grant you to sit with him. Isn't that beautiful? One of the worst states in them churches, when you read about it, they're the worst state out of a lot of them. And yet he says, if you overcome, if you overcome the state that this church is in, if you overcome the state of the world that they're in, now, this age, before I come back, this is what you're going to be blessed with. Now you tell me, if there's anything in this world worth that, is it worth it? Is there anything in this world worth a trade-off against that? It's nothing. And you see, a lot of times, I'm not being funny. I know, I know 
We come in here and we can be very lethargic sometimes and sometimes we all feel it. And even so when we come in here on a Sunday, but I'm telling you now, brother and sister, let's not be Sunday Christians. The promise is worth more than that. You're worth more than that. Jesus Christ is worth more than that. We have to be a Christians on fire for God. And we can be, because I tell you something, you see this church can make such a difference. Can make such a difference in this nation. If we want it. I tell you what, and I'm not saying this, I'm not being irreverent, but I, I sat in a church where the Spirit of God was moving. Where they could have made such a difference and they didn't want it. And that's just the truth. They didn't want it. They preferred the flipping religion. It's true. And you know what? This place is different. It's different. And that's why I'm saying this tonight. Because I can see it in each and every woman here, the promise of God. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Brother and sister, if anything, please don't ransom Jesus Christ off easy, easy living. Don't ransom him, him off to the things of this world. He's worth more than that. He's worth more than that. He loves you. He died for you. He thinks the world of you. So let's rise up. Let's open that door in our hearts and let him do a mighty thing in us.